to everything nhl the hockey segment of the fantasy fanatics podcast i'm your host nathan and we're here with our hockey expert james kumar hey what's up man so so today we're gonna go over some recaps um we'll uh talk about some pickups and some news around the nhl uh this week's gonna be pretty interesting and then we'll talk about some i guess some general stuff and then we'll look at some previews all right sounds good let's hop into it all right so uh let's go into the first game uh i guess we can start with the islanders versus the bruins um it was a pretty close game fairly high scoring game um 4-3, uh, the Islanders were able to take it in overtime. Um, in the first period, Carson Coleman and Steven Kampfer were able to score for the Bruins. In the second period, uh, Jean-Gabriel Pajot was able to score for the Islanders. And in the third period, uh, Josh Bailey and Oliver Wallstrom were able to score for the Islanders. And Anders Bjork was able to uh, score for Boston to make it to overtime, but uh, Anthony Beauvillier was able to clutch the game out for the Islanders. And uh, what were your thoughts on this game? Yeah, um, Boston started off pretty quick. Um, and then, um, as you know, uh, Tuka Rask, their goalie, got hurt. So that kind of switched the momentum in favor of the Islanders. Also, we know Boston hadn't played in a week because of the COVID protocol. So maybe they ran out of legs, maybe halfway through the game. Uh, it was just uh, a game where uh, they started strong, but they just couldn't finish strong. Yeah, they made it pretty far, like all the way to overtime, but uh, New York was just able to clutch it. Yeah, that's definitely what happened. And moving on to the next game, we have a blowout. Um Rangers were able to beat Philly 8-3. Um, I think this is one of the biggest blowouts of the season. For sure. Um, Ryan Strom was able to uh, score a goal. Uh, Pavel Buknovich scored a goal. Zabinijad scored a goal in the first period for the Rangers. Zabinijad scored two goals in the second period, and... Uh, Keandre uh, Miller was able to score in the second period for the Rangers. Uh, Claude Giroux and Kevin Hayes was able to score for Philly in the second. And in the third, Pavel Buknovic and Philip uh, Chidel was able to score for uh, the New York Rangers. And Sean Couturier was able to score for Philly. Um Zabinajad had a hat trick, so uh, congratulations. Mm -hmm. And I guess, what are your thoughts on this game? Yeah, the Rangers are playing some of the best hockey that we've seen from them all year. It really seems like they're coming into form as of late. And then as for Philadelphia, I mean, uh, they've just had a rough go of it. Both goalies have not played well. Their defense has not played well. Um, I believe just in the month of March alone, they're like, what, um, four and nine or something like that like the record's pretty bad uh they just 
like they were in first place in the first two months in the East division. And now they're not even in a top four spot. So it's pretty interesting. Yeah. They're just knocking on the door right now. So uh, what do you think they can do to kind of pull the door open? Yeah, I think, I think both teams are tied as we speak. So they're both tied for fifth in that division with the Rangers going on a bit of a run as of late. So I guess uh, to be able to catch Boston there uh, for fourth, they'll both definitely need to come out with their A game every night. And I believe that um, they're they're facing each other again Saturday night. So uh, whichever team uh, wants to come out on top, they really need to play their best game. Yeah, for sure. It's going to be a tough battle with for the last playoff spot. Oh, yeah, easily. Um, I'd say the top three teams have been playing uh, pretty well. Um, Islanders, uh, Washington and Pittsburgh. But um, between Boston, New York Rangers and Philadelphia, they're all going to need to play their best game if they want to grab that fourth spot. Yeah, for sure. And I guess speaking of another close game, um, New Jersey Devils versus the Washington Capitals. the Devils were able to, I guess, give the Capitals some trouble, but the Capitals were able to hold on to the lead and they came away with a win. Uh, they won 4-3. Um, Nicholas Merkley was able to score for New Jersey unassisted. Uh, Dmitry Orlov was able to score for Washington, both in the first period. And in the second period, Miles Wood was able to score for New Jersey. And... Alex Ovechkin and Evgeny uh, Kuznetsov was able to score for Washington. In the third period, Jesper Bratt was able to score for New Jersey, and Evgeny Kuznetsov was able to score for Washington again, and that allowed Washington to come away with the win. And uh, what were your thoughts on this game? Yeah, um, clearly Washington was the better team here. Um, I know New Jersey did put up a bit of a fight, but um, I'd say Washington's probably one of the best teams there in the East Division. Yeah, for sure. I would say this isn't a bad loss for New Jersey at all. Honestly, they had been playing well coming into the game, so I'm not really going to put it on them. Of course, you're going to drop games here and there, but definitely they need to bounce back in their next game. Uh, What do you think they can do going forward? I mean, they've played pretty solid overall. Probably just keep what they're doing, you know, staying uh, close with all of these top teams. And then I guess just being able to finish getting the final goal at the end, they haven't really been able to do that. So as long as they can get the final goal in the end, I think that they should be able to come out with a lot more victories. Yeah, for sure. They're making good progress. So again, that's always good. Yeah, but it's still going to be tough for them to make the playoffs. They're still quite a ways back. Yeah, unfortunately. And I guess moving on to the Carolina Hurricanes versus the Columbus Blue Jackets, another hard-fought game. Um, The Hurricanes were able to come away with a win in overtime. Uh, They won 4-3. There were no goals in the first period. Um, Zach Wierenski was able to score for Columbus in the second period. And uh, Martin Nietzsche and Cedric Paquette was able to score for Carolina in the second period. And in the third period, uh, Cam Atkinson and Oliver Bjorkstrand were both able to score for Columbus. And uh, Nino Niederreiter was able to score for uh, Carolina. 
And Sebastian Aho was able to score for Carolina in overtime to come away with the win. And um, I guess, what are your thoughts on these two teams? Yeah, um, these two teams played two times prior to this game, and Columbus won both games. So I think this was pretty much a must-win for Carolina. Uh, they had just come off of a pretty long winning streak, and then to drop two straight there was not good for them. So it was good they got back on the winning track. Yeah, for sure. And I guess, uh, what are your thoughts on Carolina going forward? Um, they are second in the division to Tampa Bay, so they are pretty close. So um, they, like I said, they just need to keep what they're doing, what they're doing. And, um, you know, uh, there's seven, they've won seven out of their last 10. So it's not like they, they've been bad or anything like they've been really solid. So like I said, just keep doing what they're doing and definitely try and maybe pass Tampa Bay near the end of the season. Yeah, for sure. And I guess moving on to a game that I know that you're happy about, um, the Maple Leafs beat the senators in overtime. So, uh, must win for sure. Uh, Connor Brown scored for Ottawa in the first. Ilya Mikheyev scored for Toronto in the second. Jason Spezza scored for Toronto in the third. And Alex Formanton was able to bring it to overtime in the third for Ottawa. But uh, Justin Hall was able to clutch it in overtime. So I guess what are your thoughts on uh, Toronto so far? Um, definitely Toronto outplayed Ottawa most of the game. Uh, somehow Ottawa was miraculously able to keep it tied going into the overtime. And then even in the overtime, Toronto outplayed Ottawa, had most of the pressure. Um, yeah, but Ottawa almost did score there before Matthews came down the ice and then was able to get a shot off. And then I guess Justin Hall was able to get the rebound, was able to put it in. So it was a good win for Toronto overall and a good effort from Ottawa on their part. Ottawa has been... I guess they've been taking the fight to a lot of teams. They're they're not just gonna um, lie down and be like, okay, we're probably gonna be last, so let's just not even try. They're doing the complete opposite. They're showing every team that they deserve respect. So, what do you think uh, we can expect from them going forward? Oh yeah, just to put up an effort every night, like you said, and just to potentially play spoiler to teams. I know that they've really messed up Calgary's vibe as of late. Uh, so they'll definitely look to do that, do that to other teams going forward. I think Ottawa is one of the teams that even if they're not necessarily doing the best standing wise, um, like we said, they're going to uh, give a fight to every good team that they see. Oh yeah, absolutely. I can agree with that. And I guess moving on to not necessarily a good fight, but I guess it might've been entertaining if you like blowouts, uh, Buffalo Sabres versus the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, it wasn't even close. Uh, the Penguins won 4-0. Um, Redeem Zahorna was able to score for Pittsburgh in the first. Uh, Jared McCann scored for Pittsburgh in the second and in the third. And Jake Gunsell was able to score for Pittsburgh in the third. Very unfortunate game for the Buffalo Sabres. They only have six wins to the season. And uh, what do you think they can do going forward? I mean, they now have a franchise worst 16 losses in a row. So this is like a Houston Rockets level losing streak going on for Buffalo right now. 
Uh, I mean, yeah, this is a big game for Pittsburgh either way. Crosby becomes the eighth fastest player in history to reach 1,300 points. So congrats to him. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I honestly don't know what Buffalo can do going forward. I know, I guess we can talk about it now. Um, Buffalo did trade Eric Stahl to the Montreal Canadiens for a couple draft picks. Honestly, tearing down the team might just be the best thing and starting a new rebuild, even though they just came out of a 10 year rebuild. So to go back into one, I know management might not like it, but I mean, if it's got to happen, it's got to happen. I mean, if the foundation's bad, you have to relay it. So, yeah, at this point, like I said, Eichel and Darlene should be the untouchables, and then maybe just fix the team around those two guys since they're clearly their two best players. And then maybe try and um, you know build a team going forward. I guess this is probably going to be a disheartening season for Buffalo fans, but I guess uh, what advice do you have for them? um hold on or find another team that's all i can say (laughs) sorry to i guess i'm just being blunt yeah (laughs) yeah there isn't really much we can say about this unfortunately honestly and i guess moving on to the st louis blues versus the minnesota wild um pretty uh, dominant performance by the wilds they were able to keep the blues from scoring a goal the entire game um, the Wild had two goals in the second period by Marcus uh, Johansson and Kirill Kaprizov. And I guess, what are your thoughts on Minnesota? Um, this is definitely a good rebound effort from them. I know they had struggled uh, against Vegas uh, earlier in the week and then um, back and forth uh, with Anaheim. But definitely um, them beating St. Louis was a big, big win. Um, definitely keeping a team um, below them in their place and Minnesota staying in their spot. So that's definitely a big win for Minnesota. And I guess we can kind of expect Minnesota to kind of keep up this momentum going forward. Honestly, I think in the West division as a whole, the four teams seem to be set for the playoffs. It's just a matter of what order they see going into the playoffs. Kind of similar to the East right now. Um, Yeah. Pretty much. I know the East, uh, the Rangers and Flyers are kind of close to Boston, but uh, I feel like in the West, it's a little more set in stone. Yeah, for sure. And I guess moving on to the Florida Panthers versus the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, Very surprising game. The Blackhawks were able to uh, take the game. Um, They had three goals. Uh, Patrick Kane in the second uh, Pius Suter in the second, and Brandon Hagel in the third. They were able to keep uh, Florida from scoring a goal, which is very impressive from Chicago. Um, what are your thoughts? Yeah, um, these past couple of games for Florida without um, Barkov have really been uh, troubling for them, uh, which I guess puts Barkov into the MVP conversation because he was definitely uh, top 10 in points. And he seems to pretty much be the heart and soul of this Florida team as their captain. So uh, that's one thing. But then another MVP candidate on the other team, Patrick Kane. I mean, um, he just keeps scoring at will. Um, this Chicago team just played well overall. And Chicago definitely needed that win because they were kind of slipping from their almost uh, for sure playoff spot earlier in the year. Now there's other teams sort of in the mix for that fourth spot in the central. So it was a good win for Chicago to definitely try and keep that fourth spot. 
And uh, I guess, uh, what do you think Chicago can do going forward? They just got to win. That's all I got to say. Because, I mean, they're only, what, three points ahead of Columbus and four points ahead of Nashville. So that's like two wins or less, only they're ahead by. So um, you definitely got to keep winning if you want to keep that playoff spot. And speaking of winning, um, we have another blowout. Um, Nashville Predators versus Detroit. Uh, again, it wasn't even close. Uh, the Predators were able to hold on to their lead the entire game. Detroit only had one goal in the first period with uh, Bobby Ryan getting the goal. Uh, Rocker Grimaldi had three goals in the first period for the Nashville Predators, and Eli Tolvanen was able to get one goal in the first and in the second, uh, Mikhail Granlund was able to get a goal. And in the third, uh, Matthew Olivier and Rockle Grimald again got a goal in the third. So um, what are your thoughts on this game? Yeah, um, Rockle Grimaldi having four goals, uh, pretty impressive. Um, this, came, this game came after the first game, which had the whole referee situation, which we'll address. So definitely Nashville was pretty upset about that. And they and then they came out really strong in this game and then just put it away very early. Uh, like we said, Grimaldi had four goals. Tolvanen scored a few others. Uh, it's definitely a big win for Nashville in their race to try and make the playoffs. For sure. And uh, what do you think we can expect of Nashville going forward? Oh, they've, they have a much easier schedule compared to some of the teams ahead of them. So they definitely have an opportunity to get into the playoffs. If they don't make it, it's definitely on them for sure. All right. So hopefully they can deal with the pressure and make it. Oh, yeah. Um, the, this team's playing well as of late. I definitely think they have a chance. For sure. And speaking of playing well, Dallas was able to get a win against the Tampa Bay Lightning. So, again, uh, impressive job. Uh, they were able to, I guess, keep the lead in the third. Um, and there were no goals in the first period, but in the seconds, there were three goals by Dallas. Uh, Miro Heiskanen, Joel Pavelski, and Jason Robertson. And two goals for Tampa Bay, Yanni Gord and Alex Killorn. In the third, there was one goal each for both teams, Andre Pallet and uh, Rube Heinz. And uh, yeah, very good job by Dallas Stars. And what's your thoughts? Yeah, um, Dallas played really well in this game. Um, I watched a little bit of this game. And yeah, they just really kept containing most of Tampa Bay's offense. Um, it was really hard for Tampa Bay to get goals. And then they also ended Tampa Bay goalie Andre Vasilevsky's 12-game winning streak. So um, pretty impressive for Dallas there as well. And I mean... As you can tell from that winning streak, Tampa Bay's been playing pretty well also. So definitely both teams are trending in the right direction, I think. Uh, do you think Dallas can repeat their success? Oh, yeah. Um, I know their schedule has been kind of compacted because of all the COVID stuff that's happened to them and also a lot of postponed games because of winter storms and all that. So they'll definitely have to win a lot of games in a short period of time if they want to make the playoffs. For sure. And I guess moving on to the next game, we have the Vegas Golden Knights versus the Colorado Avalanche. Um, it was basically an avalanche. Mm -hmm. um, it was a four-goal lead. Um, avalanche had four goals in the second. Uh, Vegas had 
only one goal in the first by Max Pacioretty. And for Colorado in the second, it was Jonas Donskoy, JT Comfer, Kale McCarr, and Gabriel Lanskog. And in the third, uh, Pierre-Edward uh, Belmer was able to score a goal. And uh, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, a big win for Colorado. I know we mentioned in last week's uh, Everything NHL that uh, Colorado is really trying to catch up to Vegas. And they did a good job of that here because definitely if you can beat the team that's ahead of you, it really helps in trying to catch up. Yeah, and considering that they beat arguably, or I guess not necessarily arguably, the best team in the West right now, uh, do you think that they can take the first spot? Well, I mean, uh, they are tied in points now with Vegas, but Vegas has just played a few less games, which puts them ahead. Um, yeah, it is possible. Colorado is one of the hottest teams in the league right now. They're 8-1-1 one, and one in their last 10. Um, definitely playing some insane hockey right now. Uh, so definitely, I think that both, both teams have an equal opportunity at winning the West Division. I mean, Colorado has had a very um, dominant offense, so it's definitely possible. Oh, yeah, for sure. Both teams are very dominant, I think. And I guess uh, we can move on to some Friday games, and we'll start with another dominant performance by the Washington Capitals against the New Jersey Devils, uh, 4-0. They had the lead the entire game, so congratulations to Washington. Uh, Very unfortunate for New Jersey. Uh, Alex Ovechkin was able to score a goal in the first, and... Nicholas Backstrom also scored a goal in the first. And in the third, Connor Sheary and Alex Ovechkin again, both scored for Washington. And uh, what are your thoughts on this game? Yeah, I know the first game was a lot closer, the Thursday one, but the Friday one was pretty much a cleanup for Washington. They just came out and they came out early, Ovechkin getting on the board five minutes into the game. And then they didn't look back from there, 4 nothing win. And... Uh, what do you think about Washington going forward? Oh, they're playing like the best team in the East Division right now. Uh, that's 100%. It seems like they're getting to be fully healthy. Um, no more COVID issues, nothing. This Washington team is just rolling full steam ahead. Sounds good. And moving on to the Anaheim Ducks versus the St. Louis Blues. Uh, very unfortunate for the St. Louis Blues. They could not um, come back and take this game. The Ducks won 4-1. Uh, two goals in the second and two in the third. Uh, Sam Steele and Max Jones in the second and Derek Grant and Rickard uh, Raquel in the third. And also in the third, uh, Ryan O'Reilly for the Blues. And that was the only goal that they had the entire game. And what are your thoughts? Yeah, St. Louis has been slipping a bit. Uh, they've had a lot of injuries. Um, they're really trying to hold on to that fourth spot in the West. I know they're definitely a playoff team when they're healthy, but if they're not healthy, uh, I don't know. Uh, I think they, they just need to find a way to turn uh, this skit around for sure. And uh, what do you think St. Louis can do? Um, honestly, um, I guess just being able to score more goals because I know they didn't score any against Minnesota. They only scored one here against Anaheim. I know they played two good goalies because Talbot played well and also Gibson played well here, but... Um, yeah, they got to find a way to score and I guess hopefully get some of their injured players back. All right. Well, hopefully they can, I guess, turn things around. 
Yeah, for sure. And moving on to a team that was able to turn things around this game, uh, Phoenix Coyotes beat San Jose by three goals. Um, they had the lead the entire game. Uh, Christian uh, Dvorak was able to score in the first. Uh, Nick Schmaltz scored in the second. For Both goals were for Phoenix. And Thomas Hurdle was able to put a, a goal on the board for San Jose in the second. In the third period, uh, Phil Kessel, Dryden Hunt, and Christian Dvorak were able to score goals for Arizona. And Patrick Marlowe was able to score the last goal for San Jose in the third. And what are your thoughts on these two teams? Yeah, definitely. Um, the Sharks had been playing pretty well and Phoenix um, not as well. Um, definitely it was a, a, a much uh, needed turnaround game for the Coyotes. And uh, what do you expect of the Coyotes going forward? Um, yeah, if they even want to have a chance at catching St. Louis for that spot, they definitely need to keep winning because if they keep winning, St. Louis keeps losing, then definitely that fourth spot should open up there in the West. Now is pretty much the time for them to kind of take the spot from St. Louis. Yeah, because once St. Louis gets all their players back, I think they're a much better team than Arizona. Yeah. And I guess moving on, to the last game because Edmonton versus Montreal has been postponed. Um, the Winnipeg Jets versus the Calgary Flames. Um, close battle. Uh, Flames tried to come back in the third, but they just weren't able to do it. Um, Jets had a goal in every period. In the first period, they had a goal by Blake Wheeler and a goal by Kyle Connor. In the third, they had Paul Statsny and those were the goals for Winnipeg and for Calgary, um, Milan Lucic and Matthew Kachuk were able to score goals for Calgary. Um, unfortunately, they could not uh, come back, but the Jets were able to hold on to the lead. So congratulations to the Jets. And what are your thoughts? Yeah, I watched most of this game and it, it was pretty much tight all the way through. Um, like you said, pretty much Calgary really tried turning it on there in the third. Um, and then, uh, you know, they got into some penalty trouble and then ultimately that led to Stasny scoring that goal and then they just couldn't catch up after that. Yeah. Uh, Calgary has been, I guess, a bit, has they've been um, on a losing record so far. So uh, what do you think they can do? Yeah, this is their fourth loss in a row. Um, definitely they were on some high momentum when they, their, their coach first came in, but now that momentum's sort of gone, so they definitely need to sort of find their legs again. Hopefully they'll be able to do that before the playoffs. Yeah, I'm hoping so as well. And uh, that about wraps up the recap, and I guess we'll move on to some pickups. And I guess starting with some forwards, who do you think people should take a look at? All right, just looking at some of my pickups for forwards, I have uh, Rope Hints from the Dallas Stars. Um, he's center left-wing eligibility. He's close to 50% rostered in Yahoo League, so definitely hop on him as soon as you can. Uh, he's just been playing really well as of late, um, being back in the lineup. Um, in his previous four games, um, he's had a total of six points in those four games. He's had a total of three power play points. 
He's had uh, around two to three shots per game, and he's added a hit in every single game. So definitely seems like a must-add player. Um, three goals in those four games is very impressive. So definitely uh, jump on him while you can. Um, another Dallas forward I have here is Jason Robertson, um, rookie from the Stars. Uh, he's also been playing really solid uh, as of late um, in his past, um, I'd say, five or six games. He's He has about five or six points, plus minus, really solid. Um, he even plays on the power play as well been getting about three to four shots per game so really solid uh, the only category he doesn't cover is hits so like i recommended uh, we have other hit specialists that we recommend you pick up but jason robertson strictly for the other categories but he still is a good ad he's only just over 10 percent roster in yahoo leagues so you might consider him a deep league pickup but i think his production as of late warrants a pickup in almost every league and then another forward i have is kevin lebanc um, he's around um, 15% rostered. Uh, you can play both wing positions, left wing and right wing. Um, the Sharks have been playing better as of late. Um, he's also been pretty solid. Two points in his past three games. Um, his plus minus, it's been back and forth all year, but still pretty decent. Um, definitely getting lots of shots, um, an average of two to three shots per game. And he'll add around a couple hits per game. So definitely can cover most categories. So LeBanc's a good add. And then let's see if I have another forward here. Yeah, I do. I've Adam Lowry from the Winnipeg Jets. Um, he's around 20% rostered in Yahoo League. Center eligible. So if you if you definitely have a center injury, he's a must add. Um, in his past three games, two goals, one assist, plus three. And um, an average of three shots a game. He gets a hit in almost every game. Some games he'll have like four or five hits. So he's one of the more hit specialist type guys. Um, and he's been really solid for the Winnipeg Jets this season. So those are my forward ads. Sounds good. Uh, I have a few people that I think people should take a look at. Uh, first one is Phil Kessel for Arizona. Um, he's had 11 goals, uh, 12 assists, 59 shots. Um, he is minus nine, but I think the other categories should make up for that. He's about 28% rostered right now. So um, pretty good for, I think, deep leagues. If you're in a shallow league, you might want to put him on a watch list. And uh, my next pick is Clayton Keller, also for the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, 10 goals, 15 assists, uh, plus two with 78 shots. So um, very good uh, waiver wire pick. Um, he's eligible for both left wing and right wing. 43% rostered, so... Um, you might want to pick him up before he becomes 50% owned. And uh, Martin Nietzsche's is my next pick for the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, he's eligible for center and right wing, and he's rank 82 right now with seven goals, 17 assists, plus 14, and 63 shots on goal. Uh, he's 46% rostered. So Again, another um, shallow league pick that you will want to pick up before he's gone. And uh, Andrew Kopp for the Winnipeg Jets. Um, he's ranked 87 with 10 goals, 15 assists. He's plus three, and he has 71 shots on goal. He's eligible for a center and left wing, and he's 48% rostered. Uh, plus 23% uh, just the last day, so he's going... Really fast. So if you're in a shallow league and you see him on the waiver, uh, make sure you pick him up. And uh, 
I think those are my guys for forwards. And who do you have for defense? Yeah, for defense, I have about two or three guys here. Um, I have uh, Matt Grizzlick again uh, for the Boston Bruins. Um, he's around 46% rostered. Uh, he's been added uh, close to 5% in the last week. So people are definitely jumping on this guy um, in both deep and shallow leagues. Um, in his past three games, or sorry, in his past four games, he's had three points. Um, he's been an even plus minus. He's had a couple power play points. Um, and he's had an average of five shots on goal. So that's crazy for a defenseman in his past four games. Uh, he'll throw a hit here and there. He's had about three hits in those four games. So if you need defensemen to get you shots, he's a must add. He'll get you points. He plays on the power play and he'll definitely throw out the odd hit here and there. So definitely a must add for different categories. Um, and then once again, I have Radko Gudis. Um, you can't not add this guy. Um, just this week against Chicago, he had 11 hits in one game. He's pretty much a hit specialist. This guy, um, he'll just wing hits for you every week. Uh, no question about that. He gets around two shots on goal as well, so definitely solid. Uh, his plus minus has been plus for pretty much the whole season, so definitely a must add. Yeah, I believe he's been plus 11 the whole season. So um, just really solid overall for Gudis. He's around 40% rostered, so definitely jump on him as soon as you can. And then one more defenseman I have is a rookie for New Jersey, uh, Ty Smith. Uh, he's around 20% rostered in Yahoo leagues. He's been added about 2 or 3% in the last week. So people are jumping on this guy. In his past three games, he's had, sorry, in his past four games, he's had four points. Uh, he's been a total of plus three. He's had points on the power play, around one or two shots on goal per game, and he'll throw the odd hit. So definitely covers categories, definitely playing well. Um, he's definitely moving into a rookie of the year conversation. So definitely someone to jump on for defenseman and I'll send it back to you. Those are some pretty solid picks, especially Gudis. Yeah, for sure. 11 hits in one game. You can't sleep on that. You just got to pick him up right away. I guess you can say Mr. Gudis on the label puts hits on the table. That's it, man. That, that's all. That's what he does. <laughs> And I guess I got a couple of uh, defensemen that I think people could look at as well. Um, Ryan Graves is my first one for the Colorado Avalanche. Um, he has uh, nine assists. He's plus seven with 60 shots on goal. So um, very offensive-minded defenseman. Uh, he's 32% rostered so far. So he's good for shallow leagues. If you need a defenseman that can put up a lot of shots and he can get some hits for you as well. You should definitely pick him up. And I guess moving on to Justin Schultz, um, he's 26% rostered right now. Uh, he has two goals, 14 assists. He's plus 15 with 44 shots. So he's a defenseman that um, if you're down and plus minus, you can definitely pick him up. He is on the Washington Capitals, which is the top team in the East right now. So um if you're in a deep league or maybe even a shallow league and you need another defenseman, you can pick him up and he'll improve your plus minus by a lot. And I guess just moving on to Mario Ferraro for the San Jose Sharks. He has one goal, 11 assists. He's minus six and he has 41 shots on goal. So another um, pretty decent offensive defenseman. 
Um, he is minus six, but I think his other categories can make up for that, especially if you need some assists and you have a lot of guys with good plus minus. If you're in a deep league, I think you could consider picking him up. Um, shallow league, maybe put him on a watch list and see how he does for now. And I guess those are my guys for defense. So uh, what about some goalies? Yeah, I got a couple goalies here. Um, I'll start off with Alex Nedeljkovic. Um, he's just been really solid. He's ranked 37 on the year. He's around 44% roster in Yahoo League. He's been added over 10% in the last week. Um, he just continues to win for Carolina. I mean, in his last, what, I'm just scrolling through here. His last six starts, he's won five of them. He's allowed like three goals or less in all of them. So he's always been solid. Um, all Pretty much all games except for the loss. Um, he's had over a 0.900 save percentage. Um, he's had a shutout there. I mean, he's just been so solid. Um, Carolina's solid. Um, so he's definitely a must add. Um, and then uh, one other goalie ad I have here. Um, is Philip Gustafson for the Ottawa Senators. Um, this is just a, a sort of a deep league ad for Matt Murray owners because Matt Murray's still injured. And it looks like Gustafson has been playing the best for the Senators. He's definitely one of their goalies they can look to in the future. Um, so definitely um, in his two starts uh, as of late, uh, he had uh, two wins, um, both of them against Calgary. And um, he did not play in that loss against Toronto. Um, it was, a, I believe that was Forsberg. But yeah, so in his uh, first two NHL starts, he has two wins. So might as well ride the hot hand. He's most likely going to start in the next game. Um, assuming that Montreal has cleared protocol, he'll most likely start in that game against Montreal. Sounds good. Um, again, some very solid goalies. And I guess I got a couple of goalies as well. Um Mackenzie Blackwood for the New Jersey Devils is 48% rostered right now. So he's more of a shallow league pick. Um, he has eight wins. Uh, his goals against average is 2.98 and his save percent is about 90. So uh, pretty solid uh, goalie. So again, if you're in a shallow league and you really need a goalie, he's probably one of the goalies that you'll want to pick up. And uh, I guess my second goalie is Martin Jones for the San Jose Sharks. Um, he has 10 wins. His goal against average is 3.3, and his save percentage is 0.898. Uh, um, he's about 32% rostered, plus 15% uh, for, for the last day. Um, he did take a bad loss against Arizona, but um, if he managed to turn, to turn things around... Uh, I think he does certainly have a chance of that, then you should definitely pick him up, especially if you're in a deep league. In a shallow league, uh, you might want to pick him up. You might want to kind of put him on a watch list, see how he does, kind of depends. And I guess that's it for pickups. And I guess we can move on to some news around the league. Um, so I guess we could talk about... Um, the ref, Tim Peel, um, he was banned for the um, hot mic issue that happened during the Nashville Predators versus Detroit game. Um, he apparently said that he wanted to uh, give Nashville a, a penalty. That was apparently what he said. So because of that, the NHL has um, banned him from 
being a referee and I guess uh, what are your th- uh, general thoughts on this? Yeah. Um, so basically what happened was they called a penalty against Detroit uh, early in the game. And um, then they called a penalty against Nashville after that. Um, it, it was, they called it as a trip, but really the guy kind of like uh, embellished. So he kind of dove a little bit to try and draw the call, the guy from Detroit. Um, so they called the, the penalty against Nashville and then um, there was an issue where his mic ended up getting turned on the the referee peel and he said that he was looking to call a penalty on Nashville and although the penalty wasn't much it was still a penalty Um, so definitely um, it was on the hot mic so everyone heard that so obviously uh, there was a big uh, reaction to that then the league investigated Um, it was his last year of refereeing anyway so they just released him before um, the year finished. Um, I feel like that um, it was more of a convenience that he was retiring more than anything uh, so that he could kind of be sort of the scapegoat for this whole thing. Because knowing the NHL, um, I don't know if this is something that's going to change. I think referees are still going to be in positions where they have to call penalties against both teams. Um, Although they should be more fair and call actual stuff they see as penalties, I know definitely that bias gets into their head after calling a penalty on one team, they sort of look to call a penalty on another team to try and even it out, uh, even though that they shouldn't really be doing that. They should be calling um, no matter which team it is um, actual penalties. So um, yeah, like I said, the firing was more of a convenience rather than anything. Um, If he was a younger referee, I feel like they would have just given him some kind of suspension or some kind of fine. But I guess them being able to fire him, they tried to sort of flex their muscles to the media saying, oh, uh, we'll fire people um, if they, you know, try and um, impact games the wrong way. I mean, if this sparks change for the NHL, then good for them. And if not, um, yeah, hopefully that we won't see another incident like this again. Yeah, I guess it's very similar to um, other sports. You see this in basketball all the time flopping has become a bit of an issue i guess that might be an understatement depending on how you see flopping and we do see this sometimes in the nfl where sometimes people will get weird flags and you don't know why you don't necessarily see it as a flag as a fan so it does happen in other sports as well and i guess uh, I guess teams, players, and coaches on teams, they obviously they, they see this same, same as us and it kind of um, takes away some trust that they have for the refs. And I guess it kind of leads into, I guess, other controversial issues, stuff like um, fights and whatnot. A lot of people, they're critical of fights and some players, they think it's kind of like a necessary part of the game. So... I feel like um, the refing issue kind of affects that a little bit. So I guess, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, you mentioned NBA. I know ejections has become a pretty big issue as of late there. Um, and then in terms of NFL refereeing that you mentioned, um, definitely uh, in the NFL, one of the issues they've had is getting calls right. I know they've had a, a big issue in, um, you know, um, like whether it's the first quarter compared to the fourth quarter or overtime, 
um, penalties aren't called the same because they don't want to impact the game. So I feel like there should be some sort of a standard where if it's called a penalty in the first period, it should be called as a penalty in the third period or in overtime. And if you're not going to call it in overtime, then don't call it in the first period kind of thing. So there's got to be a standard. I know players have been asking for a standard for the long, longest time. And I think having a penalty standard definitely knows what play definitely gets into the mind so that players know what they can and can't do while they're playing. But if there's no standard, uh, it's really just um, hands up in the air uh, for the players at this point. Yeah. And I guess like sometimes it looks like refs are like missing, pl- uh, I guess, bad uh, calls on purpose. Like there'll they'll be like a cheap shot or something and everybody in the arena will see it, but it looks like the ref didn't see it. Or sometimes uh, fans kind of feel like um, the ref made a bad call on purpose. So there is that. So I guess I was wondering about your thoughts on that. Yeah, in terms of penalties that the refs don't see, I know some sports have gotten like video replay now for penalties. I know in soccer, they do that. NFL, they're definitely trying to implement that. So definitely a sort of video system might help with that. Um, But yeah, it's pretty much just, varies from ref to ref yeah and i guess um i guess i guess some general stuff is that some fans kind of feel like this is kind of like an issue that's been more or less unresolved for i guess a while i guess some fans are more um, sensitive to it so um do you think this is something that is like kind of a major problem for the nhl something that they need to um fix Um, I think they definitely need to take a look at it. Um, I know like fans of different teams have gotten upset over the years for certain penalties called against them, especially in playoff series. I know Leafs fans definitely, you know, Vegas fans have had that issue. I know, um, you know, uh, people have just talked, uh, fans of different teams have just talked about, you know, ways that referees have sort of shafted them in playoff games in important situations. So, um, I don't know if the league will look at it, but hopefully they do. Yeah. Well, I guess the the theme is just if it's a penalty, just call it as a penalty. Don't uh, embellish it. Just like basically whatever's in the rule book, just call it how it is. Yeah, I can agree with that. And I guess uh, we can, I guess, move on to some uh, general talk. And I guess, what are your general thoughts on just kind of the state of the league? Yeah, um, I will start with the North Division because um, COVID has hit that division for the first time this season. They had done a pretty good job of keeping it out. But um, definitely two players on Montreal testing positive, which is not good. I'm just looking at the standings here. Um, both Toronto and Winnipeg are tied at the top with 44 points. Toronto, of course, is in first because they play less games. Then in third, the Edmonton Oilers, 42 points, so not too far behind. Then um, in the fourth seed, you have Montreal at 37, Vancouver at 35 behind them, Calgary at 33, and Ottawa at 28. So, um, yeah, surprising. Uh, Montreal to Ottawa is only a nine-point uh, separation, so... Um, yeah, it's getting close for that fourth seed. Uh, definitely when Montreal comes back and starts playing more of their games, they might move a little bit further ahead. But as of right now, it seems like a pretty close battle. Sounds good. And 
I guess hopefully the COVID situation gets um, resolved quickly. Yeah, I hope so too, because then um, they're going to have to push back a lot of games. It's going to affect all the teams in the North Division. Yeah, for sure. And I guess moving on to the West, um, what are your thoughts? Um, like I said, Colorado and Vegas have the same number of points. Uh, obviously, Vegas is in first because they played less games. Um, but Colorado has just been on fire as of late. They've won eight out of their last 10. Same with Minnesota. They've also won eight out of their last 10. They're in the third spot. Those teams are all two points apart. It's pretty solid. And then St. Louis, they're hanging on to that fourth spot, 37 points. Got uh, St. Louis uh, really dropping and Arizona really moving up. So definitely they've closed the gap a little bit. Then you got the LA Kings after them, the San Jose Sharks, and then the Anaheim Ducks. So Definitely, if St. Louis keeps losing, it'll be a, a closer race than it really has seemed most of the year. Yeah, I feel like the West has been a little bit um, closer than, I guess, the East. But uh, who do you think can kind of catch up? Um, in the West, um, I know Arizona has been playing better than L.A., so I think Arizona would be the team to catch St. Louis, if anyone. Sounds good. And I guess moving on to the East, it's, uh, I guess, not necessarily the same story, but what are your thoughts? Yes, we got Washington and the New York Islanders tied at the top with 48 points. Washington is first, of course, because they've played less games. Then we have Pittsburgh at third. They've also played really well. They've got seven wins in their last 10. It's pretty solid. Boston, they've dropped a little bit. They're in fourth with 37 points. Then both New York Rangers and Philadelphia Flyers have 34 points. The Rangers, of course, beating the Flyers twice as of late. So they're definitely ahead of Philadelphia now. And then we've got New Jersey and Buffalo there at the bottom. But I feel like the Rangers are trending in the right direction. Philly's trending in the wrong direction. So if there's a team that's going to catch Boston for that fourth spot, I think it's really going to be the New York Rangers. Uh, they, they've really been hot as of late. Yeah, they've uh, really found a way to turn things around. And I guess we'll see if they'll be able to take the spot from Boston. Yeah, Boston really has to turn things around. Uh, they have a game against Buffalo Saturday, so that should be the first way for them to do it. Yeah, for sure. And I guess uh, moving on to the Central Division, um, what are your thoughts? Okay, so we got Tampa Bay in first. They've just been playing well all year. Then Carolina right behind them, three points behind in second. They've also been playing well. Florida has dropped three in a row. Uh, they've lost their captain, Barkov, to an injury. Um, they're at 44 points. So there's a chance Florida might drop back a little bit. I know they were in the running with those top two teams, but I think they might drop back a bit. Then for that fourth spot, like I said, we got Chicago at 37 points, Columbus at 34, Nashville at 33. So they're all really close. Um, and definitely any team could take it from there. Obviously, Dallas being at 30 is great for Dallas because um, they have so many games remaining. So they let's just say they played four games and they got four wins, then they'd move right into that fourth spot. So they're definitely in the running as well. And then we have Detroit at the bottom, who's obviously pretty much out of it at this point. I think, I guess, uh, Dallas having the COVID issue did affect them pretty negatively but it sounds like they ironically also have a chance still oh yeah they still have a chance like i mean they have the fifth best points percentage in this division and if they keep winning they can definitely have the fourth best and move into fourth spot 
Sounds good. And I guess uh, that's it for general talks. So uh, we'll just move right into the previews and starting with uh, Boston versus Buffalo. I think we can kind of expect who's going to win. Yeah, just looking at the lines here, Boston's heavily favored. Um, I know that um, people are saying, oh, um, if you want to wager on uh, on someone, wager on Buffalo, then you'll get a nice payout. But Buffalo clearly hasn't found a way to win. So you're pretty much just throwing away money at this point. So Boston is pretty much the safe pick here. Sounds good. And moving on to the Rangers versus the Flyers, uh, do you think the Flyers will be able to take this game? I thought the Flyers would be able to bounce back last game. Clearly, they couldn't. So I think the Rangers just keep going with their hot streak at this point. Like, they've been on fire. I'm going to back the Rangers here. Sounds good. And uh, do you think Colorado's high-powered offense can overtake Vegas again? Um, I think it might be tough this time. I think Vegas is going to put up a fight in this game. Um Colorado's been hot as of late, but Vegas is a good team. They're not just going to go down quietly. They're going to definitely put up a fight. So I think I like Vegas for the bounce back here. Sounds good. And I guess, uh, do you think Columbus will take this game against Detroit? Well, I mean, I think it's a must win for them because they're trying to get into that playoff spot. So um, whether they're going to take it, I don't know, but I think they definitely have a good opportunity to do so. Sounds good. And I guess uh, Tampa Bay versus Carolina. Um, who do you think is going to win? Oh, man, that's a good matchup. Um, honestly, it's pretty tough to call right now, but um, pretty much anytime Andre Vasilevsky is in net for Tampa Bay, they're pretty much the favorite. So assuming that he's in goal for this game, I'll side with Tampa. But if he's not, I think I'll definitely side with Carolina, whether it's Nadelkovich or Reimer. I think both goalies have been solid for them. Definitely a toss-up matchup for sure. Yeah, honestly, it could go either way. Definitely siding a little bit with Tampa for sort of a bounce back. And I guess moving on to Edmonton versus Toronto, um, do you think Toronto will be able to take this game? Um, I think Edmonton's been sitting for a little bit uh, with the whole Montreal COVID issue. They haven't played in a while. I think they might need to find their legs. So if Toronto can capitalize early, I definitely can see Toronto taking this game. Uh, definitely after that game against Ottawa, Toronto's definitely not going to um, you know, want to lose because they they almost did lose to ottawa there so i think yeah i definitely see a path for toronto winning this game sounds good and i guess uh moving on to the new york islanders versus the pittsburgh penguins um do you think the islanders can uh beat the penguins again um i think it is possible but pittsburgh has been playing pretty lights out as of late i mean both teams have been pretty good Honestly, this one could be a toss-up. I might side a little bit with Pittsburgh because I believe Pittsburgh has a good record against the Islanders this year. And Pittsburgh is the home team. So that that might be the deciding factor here. All right. And moving on to the Nashville Predators versus the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, Do you think Nashville will be able to take this game? I actually think they could. They've been playing very well. Um, This is pretty much a must-win for them if they want to catch Chicago. I know Chicago has played well, but it was against a banged up Florida team. So I'm not 
reading into it too much. Nashville's just been blowing out Detroit every game. So it's clear that Detroit's not even in their league. Um, so Nashville's just been hot. I can't go against Nashville in this game. Sounds good. And moving on to uh, Florida versus Dallas. Uh, do you think Dallas will be able to uh, take this against Florida? I think it's possible. I know Florida hasn't looked like the same team uh, this past week that they've been most of the year. And Dallas does look like they're turning this around. So I think definitely um, Dallas is a good look for this game. I know the odds are even for both teams. Um, So it's pretty much a pick them at this point. So um, I like Dallas here. So I definitely could see a path for Dallas winning this game. Sounds good. And moving on to San Jose versus Arizona, do you think um, Arizona will be able to take this game? Um, This one's pretty tough because I know Arizona did take the game from Friday. Um, I don't know. Maybe I might lean Sharks this game. I, I think that they can bounce back here. Sounds good. And I think that just actually just one more game actually. So Winnipeg versus Calgary, do you think that Calgary will be able to take this game? It's a must win for Calgary at this point. Um, If they don't win this, their season pretty much in jeopardy because they'll just be too close to Ottawa then. So um, if Calgary really believes this is must win, then they'll win this game. If not, then take the Jets. But yeah, I I think I'm going to take Calgary here. All right. Sounds good. And I think that about uh, that's about it for the previews. So I guess we can move on to the pool. Yeah, just looking at the hockey pool, um, I was only up by like three or four points. I'm not down by around six or seven to Victoria. So definitely um, our injury expert was able to escape from a lot of injuries <laughs> this past season. I know that I've definitely dealt with a, a boatload of injuries uh she clearly hasn't um yeah just over the past seven days she's pretty much got a, a point up on me pretty much every day so honestly the race is between me and her at this point um everyone else is just way too far so either will be doing a preview with me um you know picking playoff teams or whatever, or we'll maybe do a bracket with her. Or we'll do some special segment with her. So that's definitely the way it's looking for the hockey pool. Sounds good. I guess Victoria is the injury expert. So like I said, she was able to escape injuries for the most part somehow. So um, yeah, I mean, I can still win it as long as uh, my players are coming back. I know Makar's back. Hopefully I can get Pedersen back or some of the other guys on the team. So yeah, hopefully we can turn things around. Yeah, for sure. And that about wraps up um, this week for everything NHL. So if you're on YouTube, you can sub and hit the bell and you'll get us every week. Um, If you're on Spotify, Apple music or Google podcast, uh, give us a follow and then uh, you'll be able to uh, hear from us every week. So um I guess tune in next time to Everything NHL.